Thank you for that beautiful, beautiful prelude. We begin together at the top of our bulletin. You are no longer strangers and sojourners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Alleluia, the Lord is risen indeed. Come, let us adore him. Alleluia. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his and for he made it and his hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to his voice.
Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A Song of Creation Glorify the Lord, all you works of the Lord. Praise Him and highly exalt Him forever. In the firmament of His power, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, you angels and all powers of the Lord, O heavens and all waters above the heavens. Sun and moon and stars of the sky, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, every shower of rain and fall of dew, all winds and fire and heat. Winter and summer, Glorify the Lord, praise him, and highly exalt him forever. Glorify, glorify the Lord, O chill and cold, dew, drops of dew and flakes of snow. Frost and cold, ice and sheet, sleet, glorify the Lord, praise him, and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O nights and days, O shining light and enfolding dark. Storm clouds and thunderbolts glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Let us glorify the Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. In the firmament of his power, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. A reading from Genesis chapter 21. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, playing with her son. So she said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son, Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you. For it is through Isaac that that offspring shall be named for you. And for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. And she departed, wandering about in the wilderness of Beer Sheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bow shot, where she said, do not let me look upon the death of the child. And she sat opposite him, and as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. She went and filled up the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy and he grew up and he lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Song of Zechariah. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. 
He has raised up for us a mighty savior, born of the house of his servant, David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight, all the days of our life. My child shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins in the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet in the ways of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. A reading from Romans 6. Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is free to sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks. Thank you, God. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus said to the 12 disciples, a disciple is not above the teacher nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like a master. If they had called the master of the house of Bezalel, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become unknown. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, Proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have come not to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set man against his father, and daughter against her mother, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. 
and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It is a day when we are saturated in our stories of scripture with family, though perhaps discussing family in a way that might make us uncomfortable, setting man against father and daughter against mother, hearing the story of how Isaac and Ishmael, brothers, were turned against each other, and how Abraham cast away his son and the mother of his son is a day in our country where we celebrate the Hallmark holiday of Father's Day. And now I am not one who likes to celebrate Hallmark holidays in church. While yes, there are many of us who have our outpouring of love for our fathers, it's also a complicated day for those whose relationships cannot be so celebratory. I myself feel the grief and sadness of losing my father, even as I celebrate my husband, my stepdad, and my father-in-law. I cannot deny, though, that our scriptures call out these stories of family. In fact, if we pull out even farther, if we look at the scriptures as a whole, they are all stories of family, the human family. If we go back to the very beginning, we are all interconnected and related. Scripture is one big story of our family. It is one big story of who we are connected with or should be connected with. And yet this gospel is the type that I normally want to shy away from. It's the type of Sunday when I go on vacation, have someone else preach Jesus saying, I come not to bring peace, but a sword. It does not exactly jive with how we normally proclaim Christ. I love to proclaim a Christ who forgives unfailingly who brings peace and unity, who calls us together rather than driving us apart, whose grace is bountiful. The Jesus who brings a sword makes me much more uncomfortable. I want to shy away from scripture that speaks of such division, scripture where God tells Abraham to send away Hagar. These are where I want to run and turn from scripture and start to cherry pick to other gospels Gospels where Jesus says, look at how we're called to love one another. Look at stories like Ruth and Naomi where mother or mother-in-law and daughter-in-law are united and close. But today Jesus is calling us to lean in to the discomfort. We are in a time of discomfort in our country, and that's an understatement. We are in a time of revolution and upheaval. We are a time when the treatment of people, our brothers and sisters in Christ, who are black, brown, indigenous, where people of color and their struggle in this country and that history is coming further and further to light, not new, but revealed in a way for people like myself who sit in the place of the majority, who benefit from the history of white supremacy, are confronted with a reality that we have been more comfortable being blind to up until now, is a time of revolution and upheaval. And it is exactly the gospel that we hear today that speaks to the type of situation we find our country in. I come not to bring peace, but a sword. For me, someone who sits in the seat of the oppressor, of those who have had power, this gospel should absolutely make me uncomfortable. Because peace is something that white progressive Christians have hid behind for too long for the sake of the gospel but not for the sake of Christ, for the sake of our own comfort, our own security, to be unchallenged. Like many Christians and like many people throughout the country, I have been taking this time to take a long, hard look 
my own life, my own place in it, the benefits and privilege that I have had the great privilege to benefit from. I've been reading books like White Fragility that have challenged the underlying racism of all people whose skin color that looks like mine, my own complacency within this system. I've been listening to the calls of our presiding bishop, the bishop of our own diocese, Greg Rickle, and the calls of all people striving to truly live into the gospel, to listen to the voices of the marginalized, and to acknowledge the systematic racism that not only our country, but our religion has benefited from. Recently, I finished the book, Dear Church, A Love Letter to the Whitest Denomination. It's by Lenny Duncan, an African-American minister in the ELCA church, that's the Lutheran church in this country, or one of them. And he writes this book with a long, hard, and loving look at the way in which the progressive Protestant church has been complacent in white supremacy. And what he calls out, what struck me so deeply, was this dichotomy of justice versus peace. I love talking about peace and reconciliation. I truly and deeply love the confession because I love that moment of absolution. I love getting to proclaim absolution for our community. It is a joyous and bountiful feeling. And it is a scapegoat. It is a way in which I, I'll speak for myself and not for all of us, but I know I personally shy away from the harder history that exists in our denominations, in our faith and in our church. We strive for peace and reconciliation, but we do not always do the work of looking at the history, atoning for the true sins that are behind that history and breaking down the system that continues to perpetuate violence and marginalization of those who do not look like me. Our scripture today speaks exactly to that truth, that justice will not look immediately like peace, that to proclaim the gospel, we're going to get very uncomfortable. Look at the history of Isaac and Ishmael, how their story has perpetuated violence in our country and in our world and in our history how the separation of Isaac and Ishmael in the fathering of the faiths of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam led to moments like the Crusades, to our hatred of people of other faiths, especially those whose skin color is different than our own. There are many stories in scripture of siblings being set against one another that we have used in our faith in our religion as justification for violence. In the offertory today, we will hear a story related to the flood, but a reminder of the story of Cain and Abel and the descendants of Cain. Now the descendants of Cain, according to scripture, were marked. There's the mark of Cain. In the early generations of this country, Protestant Christians use the mark of Cain as justification for slavery, calling the skin color of slaves the mark of Cain. The Southern Baptist Church used it as justification for slavery. Brigham Young famously argued that the children of Cain could not and should not hold political or religious office. This is the history that we reckon with. This is the history that we atone for. Remembering days such as Juneteenth and recognizing that that was not freedom. It was a day followed by Black Co's Jim Crow laws, the prison pipeline, 
and generations unable to accumulate wealth or status. In Dear Church, the Reverend Lenny Duncan argues that it's not reconciliation that we are in desperate need of. Those white Christians, that's what we're most comfortable with. He argues that it's reparations that we should be striving for. How do we actually atone for the sin of racism as a church, as a denomination, as individuals? There cannot be peace until that happens. Atonement is necessary for absolution. In these times, I have been ever so reminded of how politically diverse my own family is. Or my extended family who I encounter on social media often will share beliefs that differ from mine. I have been in a bit of a don't ask, don't tell situation with all of that, staying away from engaging in those discourses because that politeness of how we treat family, the sanctity of those relationships has always been upheld. And yet Jesus says, I will turn man against father and daughter against mother. Recently, such an instance happened, an extended family member of my father challenging a belief that at its core felt to be in opposition of the gospel. And I recognize that our scripture today says, our silence is sin. We are called to call out, to speak and proclaim truth, to name God's truth before others. It may mean that we risk relationships, but politeness and the sanctity of those relationships cannot be above honoring all the children of God. In the coming weeks, we are beginning a class at Emmanuel called Sacred Ground. 25 people from our community have signed up to do this intensive course that is truly written from the perspective of white people confronting systematic racism our white fragility and the history of racism within this country from the perspective of our faith to help lead us to bold action. I wonder if selfishly I'm offering this class because it feels like what I need right now to confront that within myself. But perhaps what I need is what many of us need, an opportunity to use our faith as a lens through which to see what is happening in this world. I take deep pride in the fact that our denomination is providing us with resources and the ability to start addressing this. That our denomination is not shying away from our complicated history, but striving to be a different church in the future. And I am grateful that so many are joining me on this journey. Jesus comes not to bring peace, but a sword. Not to pull us artificially into resolution or reconciliation, but to help and be with us as we do the hard and painful work of dismantling unjust systems, of dismantling systems of oppression and power to raise up the lowly. And even if that means I give up some privilege or a lot of privilege, even if that means cutting down the very way I know how to be, if it brings me closer to Christ, closer to God, then I am grateful to be on this journey, no matter how painful or uncomfortable it may be, because that is how God calls us to be in relationship with the world. God is with Hagar and Ishmael in the desert. God gives living water to those who cry out, to those who've been cast away and forgotten. 
God is striving to bring that living water here and now. And I invite us to join God in that work. Amen. I invite us back together in our bulletin. We continue together professing our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Father Almighty creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his, Christ his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again and ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us, Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In a moment, we will have our offertory being sung today by my sister Jenny Ashman and her husband Alan Zachary. As a reminder, during the offertory, we are invited to share our gifts with God. There's information in our bulletin of how you can offer your gifts through text to give options. Of course, you can give online, and we are still checking the mail. So feel free to send in those pledge payments. I give thanks for the way in which you all support this community, the ways in which it allows us to continue to do ministry, to offer services, to offer formation, and to stay committed to our outreach and justice work in the world. And now we will hear from Jenny and Alan. Tears for me, there'll be rain enough today. I'm wishing you got speed as I wave you on your way. This won't be the first time I've stayed behind to face the bitter consequences from an ancient fall from grace. I'm a daughter of the race of kings. Sacred. Yeah. 
We continue in our bulletin. Show us your mercy, O Lord. And, and grant, grant us, us your, your salvation. salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let, Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world. For only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care. And guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth. Your saving help among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten. Nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God. And sustain us with your Holy Spirit. O Lord, make us have perpetual love and reverence for your holy name. For you never fail to help and govern those whom you have set upon the sure foundation of your loving kindness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. O God, you make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your Son, our Lord. Give us this day such blessing through our worship of you, that the week to come may be spent in your favor through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, in you we live and move and have our being. We humbly pray you so to guide and govern us by your Holy Spirit, that in all the cares and occupations of our life, we may not forget you, but may remember that we are ever walking in your sight through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, almighty God, that all who confess your name they may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours, especially John Carpenter, Andrew Polk, Mike Jared, Sandy Maloof, Alex Seeley, Luke Carpenter, William Spencer, and Leslie Threlkeld celebrating birthdays this week. And grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially Jerry Griffith Beggs, Niall Clark, Rob Gamber, Diane Goodman, Richard Hall, Lorna Hamill, Joyce Hedges, Hannah Hooper, Peter Mockenheimer, Michael Miller, Sue Rawlings, Karen Rowley, Ron Smith, Vicki Smith, Don Snow, Lillianne Snow, William Victory, Bob Hayward, Michael Wandell, Julie Wiegand, Peter Wiley, and all who are troubled and sick at heart 
from what has been revealed in the events of these past few weeks. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We commend to your mercy all who have died, especially the Reverend John Allen, Nami Flowers Campanile, Katie Hayward, Frank Nemec, John Fluth, Tom Ralph, the 122,000 U.S. deaths currently from COVID-19, and all those who mourn that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We offer up prayers that have been offered in our chat for Kathy in Maine. For Lynn Rada and her daughters, for other prayers that are on our hearts and minds, those spoken and unspoken. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretch out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross, that everyone might come within reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. Amen. Together we pray the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Almighty God Father, of, Father all, of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, servants give, give you humble, humble thanks for all, for all your goodness and loving kindness to us, us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life. But above all, for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace, and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts Heart, we may show forth your praise not, not only with our lips but our lives by giving up ourselves to your service and, and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days through jesus christ our lord to whom and with you and the holy spirit in honor and glory through all of Amen. Almighty God, you've given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come, life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. As I said at the beginning of our service, we are going to attempt a congregational hymn which is welcome after these many months of not singing together. The way this works on Zoom is we all stay muted, so you sing at home, and I'm going to share the hymn. It's on the last page of the bulletin that was sent this morning, and Kathleen and Caroline in the choir loft will be singing and playing so that we can all hear them. So we will see if we can make this work.
Thank you, Kathleen and Caroline. Caroline, can you wave into the camera so people can see you? Thank you for being our guest organist today. 